Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ozone. This is not a farce alarm or a false alarm. This is the real Dizzeal. Uh, how no you farce feeling? Here. No farce here. It's the real deal. It's showtime. It's showtime. I am your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother. The icons. And it's time to get it out. Let's party. A lot to talk about, folks. Uh, we have to We have to come correct. When you're wrong, you have to admit that you're wrong. I'm going to eat the shit sandwich. That was, oh, geez, so harsh. <laughs> I'm just going to admit that I'm wrong and okay, keep my breath. Okay, I want to eat it, <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man, we were wrong. Come on, Cleveland. Come on, man, what are you doing? You're up 3-1 and you tricked the series. And Joe Madden did every single thing he could <laughs> to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory in game like, seven. Hmm, how can I trick the game off? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. All the Cubs fans, go Cubs, go. <laughs> you hear the dollar with your boy sit there. the father the Cubs today. So, the, you know, the Cubs got it done. 108-year goat curse is deaded. You had, uh, well, did you see this much- thing? Theo Epstein ate some uh, goat, barbecued yeah. goat. Yeah, that looked good. <laughs> I wonder if that's the same as a rack of lamb. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> is it the same as bread of heaven? <laughs> bread of rack heaven. of goat. <laughs> Feed me till I want no more. <laughs> so, yeah, so now they, they got it but done. look at all the things they had, to, they had to go through to get that. You know, the, the Giants fell apart in, in the last inning. The Dodgers fell apart. And then you had that immaculate rain delay that really saved I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 17-minute rain delay saved the Cubs organization. No question. It gave them a chance to regroup and everything. And how about Jay coming together with calling it out and saying, hey, this is what we're doing. And that's worth his contract right there. Because it he, sure is. Because he's making a killing and he, he hasn't is. produced 28 a year, 28 milli. That's a lot of money that's for somebody of, who's only giving you defense. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a defensive player. For a defensive player that, that can barely make contact. Big, big love to Jay Hay, yeah. though, because he's the homie and he's actually really cool. And he has a ring now. He's blinged up. He's shine. Shine. All of the young boys are shine. The thing is, is that this Cubs team has the potential to be good for a very, very long time. Just like the, those 90 Yankees teams, right? Yeah, they, they have that. Yeah. They have that core four because they're tied up the middle. Very tight. You have uh, you have Contreras, Baez, Wilson. And Russell. Uh, rather, rather, Addison. I want to say Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Addison, Russell, and uh, they should get Dexter Fowler back. I don't, I don't know why. I don't, you know what? In this situation... I don't know, and I'll throw you up scene, you know, this is why he makes big money, uh, is to put teams together, but I don't know why they would change anything about that roster. I think they're already making a few changes though, right? Who am I in? No. I, no, I'm not no, in. Let me see. <laughs> You're batting twelfth. Yes. <laughs> on the softball team in Santa Monica. Oh, come on. Next winner. <laughs> why, Theo? Let me in. Can't. Yeah, so so yeah, I, wow, you heard about some changes, huh? Yeah, I, 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 I think that I read somewhere where some of the guys, they're not picking up their contract, which I'm blown away by. But, you know, it's early. This is just the yeah, beginning of they might, they might renegotiate. You can Coming bring back 3-1, to one, I mean, that, this is an incredible prolific. feat. And, and I can't be mad at Tito Francona. There was a couple things that took place that I felt like were beyond his control. Like the rain delay. But he, like like in game six, like that kid Tyler Naquin in center field letting the ball drop. The vast difference between a one nothing game and a three nothing game that sets up a grand slam to make it a seven nothing game, right? Is so wide. It's 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 you can't even there's as a player there's the mental aspect of that and what that changes is enormous. Well, one of the things about the Indians is that what they do is that they never give up. They yep. you know and. It, 
regardless if they're down seven to nothing or eight nothing, they actually you know stick there. They they're going to be around the game, and I thought that they still had the potential to come back in that game. In, in that game, game six, remember I I told you that, but negative Nancy over here. No, I went the wrong way. I could see it wasn't going the right way. I went and hit the weights. I didn't see it happening for for them to come back in that game. I did think that they were going to win game seven, but not necessarily in – not with Corey Kluber, blah, blah, blah. I actually thought they were going to win game seven in the vein that they came back and won. Right. But, well, came back and did not win. Sorry. They came back. And, uh, and, and it just didn't work out. It, it, let's talk about something that is just extremely beautiful. I just want to talk about my love and profess my love for the game of baseball because we saw it over and over and over in this series – situations where people were the GOAT and had the chance to be the hero. We saw it all over the postseason, as a matter of fact. You saw guys make mental mistakes and physical mistakes, and they came up again with the opportunity to redeem themselves. Tyler Naquan. He came up. He let the ball drop, which just opened the floodgates for the Cubs. And this is why you can say the Cubs are the best team in baseball all years because all of these teams that made mistakes, Cleveland played very sloppily in the games, the four games that they lost. Well, the Cubs played sloppily. I'm sorry. They did. They did. The uh, the the Giants and the Dodgers made a, a boatload of errors in the games that they lost, but the Cubs were the team that were able to take advantage of the errors. And this is a, a crazy thing because it's such when when the playoffs come, the game is so tight. There's not there's not a lot of room for mistakes. Right. And the Cubs, how many errors did they make in Game Seven? Because I two, I, I think. Yeah, two and, to three and, errors. And, and you know what? And I don't and Cleveland made some errors that didn't end up in the box score that were errors. Things like Rajay Davis letting uh um Anthony Riz or Chris Bryant tag the Cubs from made deep three, shortstop. Right, three errors. Three errors. You're not supposed to win a game when you make three errors at any level, in any on any level of baseball. Right. But but let's get back to the other point I was making. Tyler Naquin gets up. With the score six to two, with the bases loaded, he's the tying run. I think it was six to two, and really all he needed was a single to get it back going, and he struck out. We watch the next night. We watch Rajay Davis do the exact opposite. Rajay Davis lets Chris Bryant tag up on him from deep shortstop, which was totally unacceptable. Partially just because he looked like he couldn't believe that Chris Bryant was actually going to test him from that shallow. Right. He lets him score, and then what ends up happening? He gets up with a chance to play the hero in the bottom of the eighth inning. And he produces. And he produces. This is the most compelling, exciting thing that can happen in all of sports. And it happens all the time in baseball. It does. It's unbelievable. It's a redemption sport. That's what it is because it's a failure sport. Right. So if a guy goes and he makes an error, or if a guy, better yet, if a guy makes a great play, you can count on that he's up next inning. This is a nine-man rotation in the batting order. There's no way that you can script that, yet it happens all the time. If you play baseball, you know what I'm talking about right now. And you also know that when you are subbed in that the ball's going to find you. It's going to find you. Believe that as soon as you get in. As soon as you get in the game, and you better be prepared. Yeah, and it's not like an easy play. (laughs) Yeah, usually it's going to be something that requires an above-average effort from you. Uh, Kyle Schwarber came back and got the job done. A lot of interesting storylines going on. I mean, Joe Madden is probably going to win manager of the year, even though uh, I would have rather gone for Dave Roberts. I know it sounds like a homer thing to say, but Dave Roberts had a lot of injuries that he had to overcome, and Joe Madden has had talent top to bottom on that team from the word go. Even in the minor system, so you can bring kids up, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm still surprised. Even when they went up three one, I actually thought Trevor Bauer would be able to close it out. Trevor Bauer really hurt the team, the Cleveland Indians, because they had to overcome a lot of injuries to get to the point that they got to beating the Red Sox, beating the Blue Jays. When he cut his finger on the drone, obviously he didn't mean to do it. But when he cut his finger on the drone, he never got back to where he was before that. Right. He, he's been inconsistent all year, though. Yeah, but the way that he pitched against the Red Sox was uh, uh, able to help them get the win. And then he goes out there and he bleeds all over the field. He gives the, the ground a transfusion out at the Rogers Center in Toronto. and he's trying to get his shilling on. Yeah, I guess. It's all, speaking of Kurt Schilling, Kurt Schilling. Wow, who knew Kurt Schilling was just a complete dirtbag? <laughs> wow. Unbelievable, this guy. We, we this sort guy, of knew that. What happened? We sort of knew. You didn't see this latest thing? Side note, uh, they had some um, T-shirt that, that somebody tweeted, the picture of a T-shirt of a journalist. It said something like journalist plus tree um, and a noose and said some assembly required. And Kurt Schilling tweets out, oh, this is full of all kind of awesomeness. I'm not surprised. He's giving you classic redneck work. And he looks like the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> then there's that. I don't, just, I don't know, man. People are gone. I'm so happy when this election is over. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, so it's just, you know, pretty incredible what one guy can do. I feel like if they would have had Danny Salazar or Carlos Carrasco or even Trevor Bauer for the whole way. Carlos Carrasco is the big difference because he you're sure talking is. about your rotation being solidified at that point because he's a guy who can come in and give you six to nine dominant innings. Dominant innings. He and, pitched well all and season. And Kluber wouldn't have to pitch three times in nine days. Which was just too much. You're just asking too much. Eventually somebody's going to figure it out. Well, not only that, he was basically got to the point where he was pitching to contact. Yeah. And he's a strikeout pitcher. Yep. And the Cubs aren't a team that needs to be pitched to contact. You have to strike them out. You have to dominate them. Uh-huh. You have to, like a Javi Baez, where they were burying the ball, the breaking balls in the dirt, and he couldn't lay off of it. And then throwing fastballs right by him. Yeah, and then throwing, and he was blown away. Because every now and then they would just get in there and said, you know what, he's probably looking for breaking balls, so let's just throw some cheese right by him. And nothing he could do. And there was nothing he could do. His his mind was messed up. He couldn't. Same thing happened for Addison Russell. It was really interesting to see because when that ball dropped that they technically gave him a double on, yeah. that gave him the confidence to then hit the grand slam. Yeah. and Be- Because you had him. Yeah, they had, they had them all baffled. And one thing that I found that's very interesting is that the Cubs' bats were, were, had a tendency to get silenced in blocks. Yeah. Like they, you know what I mean? If they got shut out one game, chances are they're not putting up more than one or two the next game. It's true. And this was all playoffs. And I think there was just immaturity at that point as far yeah. as their bats. You know, they're not a team that's – they don't have that kind of experience to take those kind of bats yet. Which and makes me think next season they are really going to be a nightmare. They're going to be tough. Be- because there's a lot of teams out there just building their squads, you know, just yeah. like that that Yankee or that Braves model back in the day, you know, that they're building it from the, the core, from the minor league system. Right. And there's a lot of young talent out there. There's a lot of young talent. Man. I mean, the Indians should be back. Once they get everybody, yeah. especially they're talking about getting Michael Brantley back finally. Mm-hmm. Crasco. Come on, man. Uh, Trevor Bauer's finger will be back sewed yeah, up properly. And, and, and he should be able to be a lot better than what he was this year. Go Cubs, go. They're flying that dub still in Wrigley Field. They should, 108 years. They should. <laughs> they should fly it all over the United States. Wow. Go Cubs, go. H- hang it off the top of the Trump Towers. <laughs> Ooh, why you got to bring that up, brah? Brah! <laughs> yeah, man. 
crazy, crazy times. Uh, World Series champions. A lot of love. A lot of love to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, a non-semi-pro baseball team won a championship this weekend as well. Uh, yeah. That the icons are a part of. <laughs> Go Heat. And the Heat Nation. I'm going to give a shout-out to the Heat Nation. Picked up a, a big win in the Sunday League. We're having our parade. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it already passed? I'm sorry. Yeah, you missed the parade. What can you do? Fly the dub. Uh, yeah. Wow. Man, I can't believe baseball season is over. It's just heartbreaking to me. Yeah. We, we have to move on. We have to move on. And we're going to move on. We have to bury that season now. We do. In the annals of time. In a world <laughs> built with championships, one team must emerge as the ultimate. Wow, you're pretty good. You should do that on the side. That was interesting. Thank you. I'm, I'm telling you, now let's, let's move into something else that happened this weekend that uh, is a blast from the past, if you will. And that was Manny Pacquiao being Manny Pacquiao. He looked great. He's a little bit slower than what he used to be, but he was still dominant. And his, his, what, not a lackluster performance, but his, like... It was chill sharp, yeah, but yeah. his 75% is better than most It's of better them. than pretty much all the welterweights, 100%. And I just read that uh, Bob Arum said it's a 75% chance that uh, Pacquiao Mayweather... Two happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine it not happening with having Floyd ringside. Yeah. Uh, and I, it and seemed, he was scouting him out to see if you know if he still can dominate or get in there and do his thing. Yeah, and I, you know, I would still imagine, even though we haven't seen him fight for a year, I would still imagine that Floyd Mayweather is faster than Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Um, j just because he's he's he that's his gift. He's super quick. Now, do you think that he would have to take a fight before he fought Pacquiao? You know what I think he'd do? I think he'd go the Sugar Ray route. I think he would fight people. He would actually have those fights in private. Mm. And I think that because that number 50 means so much to him to retire, you know, to do the, the thing. Uh, I he think better that, fight Berto again. I, I think <laughs> that I think that I don't think he's going to try to knock off the ring rust. And I think that he's going to come back. I think they're going to make a boatload of money. I don't think they're going to make as much as they did the first time. But I think Manny's held up his end of the bargain in this sense because after losing to Floyd Mayweather, he came back and has beat the crap out of three guys. And looked great doing it. And all three. And and high-end guys. Algeri wasn't necessarily high-end. Well, he was considered, you know, an elite competitor. He was considered top ten. But but Bradley is high-end. And, uh, and I'm, Vargas I'm, is high-end. Yeah, speak on it. What do you think about, about the Bradley uh, commentary? I'm very disappointed in Timothy Bradley. It was spewing nothing but hate. I mean, come on, dude. You... He beat you. He beat you three times, really. You got you stole one and stole one. Yeah, and now you're bad mouthing the dude. Come on, man, be for real, bro. He was saying he was saying <laughs> he was, he was hurt at times. Yeah, he was never hurt. Man, he got hit, but he wasn't hurt. Yeah, he wasn't hurt. He, That's no, one of many things. Trust me, things. trust me. Look at the, look at his leg. His leg wobbled. Come on, man. Yeah, and Stephen A. couldn't see it. Stephen A. had nothing going. <laughs> Stephen A. was. Are yeah. you gonna tell me that that's hurt? <laughs> I don't know. What, did you get hit one time and now he's hurt? Maybe we could consult the champ behind me. And knowing Floyd Mayweather the way I know him, hold on a second, champ. Was he hurt? <laughs> it was very interesting to hear Stephen A. bump his gums. I don't know uh, if that's not a, a commentating duo that I want to hear. No. Speak on a fight personally. Dry. I, yeah, it was. They could have. It was like that Thanksgiving turkey that what sat out too you, long. Yeah, do you that think that jive turkey? <laughs> what you want, sucker? That sounds a lot better than what they were doing. Yeah. Do I think what? No. Do you think that uh, you know they were trying to keep Jim Lampley and them out the loop? No, oh. it's not that. It's that HBO actually oh. kept Pacquiao out of the loop. Because, yeah, and Vegas, right? Yeah. Well, no, it was in Vegas. What was it in Vegas? Are you sure? 
No, but I thought the fight was at the T-Mobile Center in Vegas, which is why Floyd Mayweather was there. Hmm. Now I'm I'm pretty. Well, me, you look it up. Um, but no, no, no. I do believe that uh, there was a contract dispute, not with him fighting Vargas because Vargas was a champion, but with him on the dates because I do believe that uh, the Andre Ward Kovalev fight coming up on the 19th is an HBO pay per view bout, and they didn't want the fights to be that close to each other. And Manny wouldn't move the fight up a week, so then they dropped the fight, which Aram said effectively ended their relationship, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I had read somewhere where they, they're saying that Manny Pacquiao has fallen out of favor in Vegas, and I think that one of the things that caused that problem was when he took that other fight to Asia. And now yes. that was the Chris Algieri that fight. That was the Algieri's fight. Mm-hmm. And he did it in Macau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to say, for a guy who's only a part-time fighter... He sure is spectacular. I, I've always loved his work. Me too. And I, and he's passionate about fighting. And he I, likes to fight. He likes to mix it up. Right. And if I'm going to watch a boxing match, which I have for many decades, I don't watch, want to watch a guy running. I really don't. I want to see. I, that's not a, a special skill set to me. Um, a special skill set is being able to cut off the ring and being able to use your jab and you know figuring out another opponent's strategy. But what I get with, from a Floyd fight is – him trying to figure out because you're not supposed to be trying to get hit a lot, but him trying to figure out how not to get hit and throw minimal punches to steal a victory. And that's something that like in the sugar Ray era where they brought in, where the the last 10 seconds of every round where they would go clack, 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 clack and hit the sticks. And then you try to rally the last 10 seconds. So the judge are like, wow, this guy really, man, you know, this guy really showed out. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? I don't think necessarily that it's just Floyd because he, like I said, he hasn't fought in a year. But if you look at these other guys, there's a lot of up-and-coming guys in that little man division that are serious, and they do want to fight, and they do like to mix it up. I think on the 19th, we're going to see a fight where they mix it up because uh, Kovalev uh, wants to mix it up, and he wants to punish people. Andre Ward wants to fight, and yet he wants to also make his a sloppy fight, mm-hmm. but but it's a fight nonetheless, kind of like how Bernard Hopkins did, but just, a, uh, in my opinion, a better version of that. Yeah, that fight was at the Thomas Mack Center. Thomas Mack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah, I you know, I put on Twitter after watching the fight that I think Manny should retire. You know, he doesn't have anything else to prove. He is slowing down a little bit, even right. though he's way better than ever. He's still better than the competition. Yeah. Somebody else put pointed out, you know what? He's still entertaining to watch, and he still beats elite fighters. So I can't argue either one of those points. Father Time is still undefeated. I don't know what the man's financial situation is like and, you know, who he owes what to. But what does he really have to prove? Nothing, but, you know, this is the downside of the fight game because what Floyd has done is get out early. But the biggest problem is that people want to watch you go out on, on, on a gurney. You know they do, they, and, it, and people want to see you go out and fall yeah. on your sword. They 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 want to see Manny Pacquiao just get beat to a pulp in some form or fashion. Then they say, "Oh man, and Manny, yeah, he needs to give it up." Yeah, I told you I need to give it up about five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know what? The downside is is that Manny, like most fighters, I don't think he even wants to give it up. No, he, he's he, playing he, around in the ring. He looked alive when he much like know, a Vander Holyfield. Yeah, he looks alive when when contact is initiated. Like this is what I came here when for. they when they hit him. When Vargas hit him the other night, it was a couple times right. where he was just like, he looked really like, oh, this is why I'm back in here. Yeah, it's Not like a the high money. for him, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a high. And now I can turn mine up. And to watch Manny Pacquiao take it to different levels with his game was incredible. Yeah, he goes into like in the latter part of the fight, he goes into like the fifth or sixth gear on these guys. And they're like, wait his a minute, stamina, I, thought, I thought you were finished. His stamina is unreal. <laughs> yeah. 
His stamina, Ch- his chin is unreal. His chin is unreal. Vargas hit him hard, man. Vargas hit him hard on the top of his head. And he said to him, he said Vargas had said that you know he was just trying to catch him coming in because you know he does that bouncing, yeah. where he's dodging in and out, and uh, he he caught him coming in a couple times, but it didn't it didn't move him. It wasn't enough. Yeah. And this is what Manny gets for fighting the big boys, right? And then another thing too, though, which I really appreciate is that Freddie Roach is going to be honest with him and tell him, say, listen, you need to wrap it up. I do you appreciate know, I'm, that. I'm not, he even said that about this fight. Right. They asked why he was fighting Vargas as opposed to uh, Terrence Crawford or an Earl Spence or one of Keith Thurman's. Mm-hmm. And he said, Freddie Roach said, I think we played it on the Ozone, where he said, you know what? Uh, we need to see how this training camp goes with him as a full-time senator. And if I like what I see with him as a full-time senator, then we'll talk about he can fight anybody. It's true. Because... You and know, that's how you protect your fighter. That's how you protect it. And and a friend, he's been like a yes. you know a mentor to this guy forever. And you don't want to see him get beat to a pulp, and you don't want to see him with brain damage, or whatever. He's seen him get knocked out before, and everything else. And I'm sure that he's hurt just as much as Pacquiao's hurt when something like that happens. For sure, because he feels like it wasn't his job, like he didn't prepare him well enough. Right. And not only they just cares for the kid, you know. Wow. And they care about each other, so you don't want to see him in a bad situation. They both have enough money, and it's just not enough. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't. They they have all those rumors about how much he owes, you know, the IRS, and who knows what yeah, that whatever. is. He's in this country. He's the senator, so I'm sure that he has enough to live well off of. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure as well. And that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that, that's a lot of pressure. And he, he's fighting with the with the weight of a country. The country is literally on his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, the Philippines is fully behind him, and I want to say all of Asia, really. Yeah. And uh, you saw him cheering him on. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> That's and, awesome. And you know, it's a, it's going to be interesting to see because if him and Floyd mix it up again, Floyd Mayweather, the ultimate showman, he's at the side, uh, he's at the ringside, playing on his phone, <laughs> acting like he doesn't care about the fight. Oh, why Manny, are you there, dude? <laughs> Manny, the ultimate showman, is in the ring, smiling at him, like, "Hey, you see this? You miss it, don't you? I know you miss it." <laughs> And that was great, you know. And then, and then what was great was afterwards is that Bob Arum said that Manny was the one that invited him to the fight. And Floyd hit him and was like, all right, hey, man, Manny's wants me to come to the fight. And he said, sure, and put him ringside. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, if these two dudes can mix it up again and pick up, last time I think Floyd made $200 million and Manny made $150 million, something right. like that. If they can mix it up again. You got to owe a lot of people to be broke after a $150 million <laughs> check, man. That's You, you got to owe. <laughs> you don't have to owe a lot of people. You have to owe one guy named Sam, <laughs> and he's relentless. <laughs> Your uncle, do you like that? Man. He, Family member? He's he dirty. Man. He'll send you to war. Will he make you do a podcast? He will not make you do a <laughs> podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> nah, man, you know, I'm I'm very interested to see what the next steps hold because I don't think, truth be told, if they're going to keep fighting, Manny and Floyd should only fight each other. Right, and, because that's, and that's the only worthy opponents because neither one of them, I don't feel, can handle any of these young guys. This is what there. I'm talking about. I don't think either one of them really wants to see Earl Spence. I don't think they they want to see uh, Keith Thurman. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think they can destroy Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman play around a little bit too much. He plays, <laughs> but he also got that big thump like Manny does. He got that thump thump. So yeah. if he hits you, chances are you're gonna feel it. But but I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about destroy. I think destroys. I think Floyd would have a better chance than than Manny would against him because Manny wants to go toe to toe. Well, I feel like I feel the exact opposite because huh. because with the unorthodox style of Manny Pacquiao, he's going to be in and out and throwing punches from all kind of angles, which is going to give get Keith Thurman frustrated. 
and he's not going to be able to. And most of the guys you see that get in there are like, wow, really? One thing that you keep seeing that, right? And one thing that I think that people don't give Floyd credit for is that he's a student of the sport. Yes, and so he studies and watches he knows habits and tendencies science. and everything else. And he said, okay, this guy, although he lies and says that he doesn't watch other people fight, we know that that's not true. But then he picks you apart, and he yep. he says that hey, you know, he has and a scouting report mm-hmm. in the ring, and he makes his adjustment in the ring, and just the, like all the lights are never too bright for him. Yeah, That's just the like one all thing. Great champions. This is the one thing I'll say about the the champ Floyd Mayweather. The lights have never been too bright. I just want to see him get knocked down and then get back up. Good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, he did, it's hard you, to you do. didn't see it for twenty years because he's a student of the sport, yeah. and because he handpicks fights, <laughs> and because he's got a team that smart enough to make himself more valuable than the sport. Now the sport is moving on without him, and unless he comes back and fights, he short soon it's going to be moved on completely without him. It's a big fight coming up. I don't think so either. There's a big fight coming up in March of next year they just announced with Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia, and that should be an interesting situation. you got two undefeated guys. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to have to take an L. Somebody's got to take a loss. You know, and uh, I think it's going to be Danny Garcia, to be honest. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Whew. A lot of action going on in that world of boxing. And I just, you got to love Manny after the fight. You have to love, he's so positive. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's such a nice guy. <laughs> just, Even when he takes his loss. He lost to Timothy Bradley and he didn't have anything negative to say. He said, well, I guess that's the way they saw it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me? When the whole world saw it the other way. What do you want from me? Yeah. He's not going to sit there and cry about refereeing or anything. A very no. respectful guy. That's one reason why I really appreciate his work because there's no reason to be disrespectful. You can be a showman without being disrespectful. Yeah, and he definitely put on the show. I think one thing Manny did this go around was, one, he looked like he was looking for the knockout at one point. He should have. And, and two, he turned it on early. Usually he's a slow starter in round four or five is when it gets going. I think that's something that Mayweather did to him that worked really well. Was that uh, now? Do you believe he shoulder, had a shoulder injury? I do think he had a shoulder injury, but if that's the case, you just can't fight. That's on you. Um, but I, but I also believe that shoulder injury or no shoulder injury, if Floyd pops a jab like he popped it as the taller man, you got problems. That's with any fight. This is with any that's, fight. It's the lost art of the jab. It, and 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 this is how you know Floyd's a student of the game is that he went back and was like, I need to pull something out of this toolbox. Right. right. And uh, I'm going to pull out this jab. But this is what Triple G does to most people because most people don't expect that jab coming like that. And he's got a stiffy. And he sure then, does. And then when he brings out that jab, and people are like, what is this bunch? I haven't seen this before. <laughs> Sledgehammer, right, right hand, go to sleep. Right. Eye socket. Crushed. Crushed. I must crush you. Give me. My bit. <laughs> That's all he wants. But then you also have, you know, you have the situation where you have um, now with Manny, you saw him turning it on early. Vargas was just mesmerized by his speed. You could see it. <laughs> Devastated. And then he started to, and then he started to time him a little bit better. But that damage, something about getting hit takes out so much of your own power. I think it's confidence more so than anything. You think so? Yeah, because you're saying to yourself, if if I jump in there and he hits me like this again, I don't know if I'm still going to be there. Yeah, and I have to say, Manny did that successfully early, earlier than I can remember him doing it for a very long time. And he established his dominance, and then late in the round, he looked like late, like in eighth or ninth, he was like, man, let's just get this over with. Well, I think that one of this kid. And the kid didn't stand tall. No. He crouched over. He probably had like a four-inch height advantage over Manny, and he was crouching low. I don't understand. A crouching tiger, a hidden dragon. Maybe that was his move. Maybe. Maybe that was his move on Street Fighter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can! (laughs) 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> but it's a very interesting week in sports. I'd like to move on to a topic that's near and dear to my heart. They're known as the Oakland Raiders. The first place. The Raiders. Oakland and What Raiders. are you laughing at, Ernie? The Raiders shut down Twitter. The Raiders are so nice. They shut down. People couldn't uh, believe they they mounted up and rode them Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, matey. The Raiders are in the house in Oakland. Yeah. We're pulling up to the bay, matey. And we're going to take your heart with us. That's what they can walk the plank. They did. Raiders, I mean, the, the Broncos were out without their defense. I mean, oh, the defense didn't make the board. They didn't make the flight. Pretty much, you had the corners. Although Simeon, man, I I know you're high on him. I they're saying his his job is in question. Well, you what got can Paxton you do? Lynch waiting in the wings. They need to do something because they're not as good as the Raiders. Uh, nobody's better than the Raiders in that division right now. They're not. But yes, especially with spoiler your alert. Wait until the big Negan? games come. Yep. <laughs> Wait until the big games come, and then all the Raider Nation's going to be up in arms when the Raiders are one and done because when they have to play against a real team that's complete, the Raiders are going to go home. You cannot play with teams when you're giving up almost 30 points a game. Well, I can tell you this. The Raiders definitely made leaps and bounds of improvement between last, yeah, between the week before with Tampa and uh, with twenty setting the record for twenty three penalties, <laughs> to this last week, they played a pretty a fairly clean game. They still made some bad. I, you know what, Derek Carr made a a, a bad throw that actually could have cost them the game. Um, when they got picked off, but then the guy let the ball hit hit the ground. Um, but but by and large, Latavius Murray looked incredible. Yeah, and what? if and if you remember, and if you remember, the last time the Raiders were any good, it was Darren McFadden who was back there acting a fool. They got a great offensive line, and if they get running from their running backs, they're always a problem. But it's always hard to get that running game going. Well, their car keeps everybody so honest. Yeah, they have three strong running backs. The problem is that what everybody always talks about the Broncos' great defense is that they're soft on the crime too. They're soft on the run. They can't stop the run. The Broncos can't stop the yeah, run. They can stop the pass. They can't stop the run. Let's see what Trucker Dave says about it. Trucker Dave, live, out and about. Where are we looking at? Are we in the Bible Belt? Are we in the middle of the, the, the country? What are we looking at, Trucker Dave? What state are you in? We're in the lovely, beautiful sunshine state of Illinois. Oh. <laughs> oh, Lincoln's home state. Well, you know what? We just wanted to talk about the number one team in the AFC West, the Oakland Raiders. We just want to talk a little about the NFL with you. And see how you felt about uh, what transpired, not only on Monday Night Football, but real quick, your take on the Raiders. And and can they pull it together to actually win games against big teams with their sloppy defensive play? Well, it's a good question that you asked. What I see with the Raiders before the season, I told you that they could be dangerous. But what I see with them is um, a lack of discipline with all of these penalties. They have so much young talent, um, but the lack of penalties are really killing them. I think that's what's going to really separate them from going to the next level. I see that as well, but it seems like they improved upon it. Because 23 is obviously the record. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. You can't have 23 penalties in a game. 24. 24. That's like that's the equivalent of making like five or six errors in a baseball game <laughs> or having, right. about, having about 25 turnovers in a basketball game. Right. You can't do that. But – it seems like they got better. 
They focused up against Denver. Denver did not have their full squad. But I would say all in all, they put out a pretty dominant effort against Denver. And and these Yeah, and and, and, and again, I was just gonna say that that once again Derek Carr looked calm, cool, and collected. He's very poised, with his poises. Um he looks like he's getting rid of the ball really quick, like one, two, not even on the third step. And he he knows where he wants to go with the ball. I would have liked to have seen Khalid playing in that game. I would have too. Um, he definitely yeah, brings another is- element of toughness for, for the Broncos. And an intimidation factor that you just can't underestimate. I I completely agree. Carden um, Carden didn't throw the ball a lot though, did he? He, he spread the ball around. Uh, Murray ran the ball really well. They're starting to say is the Raiders have the second best offensive line in football. Yeah, and it's hard to argue. You know? Those, uh, those guys are doing their work. I know what you can say. You can say first place, baby. That's what you can say. But what I want to talk to you about is uh, let's talk about Russell Wilson, who's always underrated. I saw him throw some dimes on Monday Night Football. Boy, oh boy. That he made Jimmy Graham look like Jimmy Graham that uh, used to play with Drew Brees that I thought had would no longer existed. And I saw a lot out of that, uh, out of him. What do you think about their situation going to Fox, uh, 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 up to, to, to Foxborough and playing against your New England Patriots? How do you feel about that game? What do you think is going to happen? Well, if anybody has a chance to win on the road, and any team that has middle football beat Seattle, um, they got a great chance to go up and win, especially with Jim Graham playing the way that he does. If you come to the college, now who's going to win? Who's going to guard Jimmy Graham? Let's go do some high power on him. And Wade Russell Wilson is playing from the pocket. I said earlier that he's a great quarterback, but he's had injuries with a baseball and other things. And uh, I think they got a good shot. They got a really good shot to go up there and make some noise. They probably won't win, but they got a good shot to win. It's a running game. It's not where they should Hard to bet against uh, the Patriots and Belichick and Tom Brady. Really hard. Trucker Dave, we're going to let you go. It's kind of hard to hear you. And so uh, thank you for for shouting us out. Be safe on the road. Safe on the road. Happy electioning. And uh, we'll see if America is great again when we all make up tomorrow. Okay, we'll we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. I think that with the Patriots, um, the the – Seattle Seahawks are going to give them a problem because they're they they've played them a few times and they know their whole little shtick. And uh, one of the problems that they're going to have though this time, meaning the Seahawks, is that they have that two tight end set. But other than that, they're going to try to play ball control. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I was not overly impressed with the defense this last week. I actually I'm going to go with the Patriots in that game, even though as much as I love and Russell Wilson's a big time ball player. Boy, I'm going oh boy. Seahawks. There you go. Go Seahawks then. Go, go Seahawks. Go. Go Hawks, go! <laughs> hey Chicago, what did you say? If you want to fly, to fly the dub today. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna go on and look at this Raiders schedule. We got the Texans at home, the Panthers at home, the Bills at home, Chiefs on the road, Chargers on the road. Man, if we can avoid injuries, we could really, really end up with a nice record. You sure could. You can. End I up mean, with the Raiders. Could, the Raiders could end up twelve and four, like. 
realistically 12 and 4. If they actually tighten up the defense, the Raiders can end up 14 and 2. I don't believe it's possible. I don't believe that you can tighten up a defense that's that loose in the middle of a season. You think? No, I pretty much no. <laughs> you what are you going to do? You're going to change defensive coordinators in the in the middle of the season? I don't think the coordinator is the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the players and the lack of discipline that they have and the way that they play defense. Well, what I anticipate happening with the Raiders is, is they're going to take an L in a game that they should win and what I hope that does to them is I hope that that turns them around and makes them say, wow, we need to get our act together. We need to stop messing around and tighten up. Because Jack Del Rio's addressed it several times yeah. after we, after victories. He's addressed it. You know, and said, hey, hey we, can't, we can't beat elite teams like this. Yeah, you can't give up 30 points a game and think that you're going to, you know, beat elite teams. The game's going to be tight. The game's going to be tight. And not only that, I think that Derek Carr and, and maybe Crab are maybe the only ones that are going to show up in those tight games. Perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, the upside is is that the offense has been bailing them out. Right. Now, I saw a lot of good pressure, though, this last game. I saw Khalil Mack show up like Khalil Mack of last year, which was nice. So let's say, for instance, if they go against Dallas in the in the Super Bowl, they have Ezekiel Elliott. They will never see the ball. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to look at the T.O.P., the time of possession, and they're going to have like five to seven minutes. <laughs> it's going to be the Tower of Praise. Right. And, yeah, because... and he, then they're going to stuff the ball down your throat, and the Raiders already can't stop the run and that score and everything. So that gives Derek Carr – one or two chances, and then as soon as he misses his opportunity, that means they get the ball back again, and that means that they get to stuff the ball down their throat again. Well, there's only been one. There's only been. I'm looking at the. the I'm looking at it right now. There's only been one game that the Raiders have been held under 20 points. Derek Carr is putting the points on the board. He is. Believe that. Yeah. And that that was in a victory. Uh, they they won 17 to 10. And in the in, in in a loss, they lost twenty six to ten to the Chiefs. The Chiefs had them figured out that day. <laughs> it worked the wrong Chiefs way. Chiefs were a problem. Chiefs were a problem. I don't see the Texans being a problem next week. I think that game against the Panthers is a game that I might like to fly to. To be honest, matter of fact, that might be a game that I want to go to. That sounds like a lot of helmet to helmet is about to go down. It sounds like <laughs> somebody's getting concussed, and I hope no one's getting paralyzed in that game. And then that Bills game would be a good one, too. Yeah, that Bills game sounds really nice, especially if – now, this is, the Bills will beat them if they have their full complement of players. I was very impressed with the Bills last night. Well, yeah, but LaShawn McCoy – the Bills aren't going anywhere either. But no, La they're not going anywhere. LaShawn McCoy will completely run all over them. I mean, totally. And this is probably be a shootout, but they pass the ball to him. He runs it out of the backfield. I mean, you know, you're go, it's going to be hard to stop him. Well, and that kid Tyrod Taylor is a hose, man. He and he some, takes off on you, he too. He does take off on you. But we got to take it one game at a time. And right now, that is the sweet taste of first place for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, feeling really good about things. A lot of teams handling their business. Um, who else should be feeling good about going somewhere potentially? Maybe not right now, but in the near future. Are the L.A. Lakers? They look great. How about them Lakers? Luke Walton, geez Louise, I'm so impressed. Well, you know what? You just have to get Kobe out of town. You got Kobe out of town. And and let's now, let's now uh, speak on it. Now speak on it. And now they're ready to play because you got a guy who's holding the organization hostage, and these guys can't grow. They can't learn they how can't to play. Grow. They're just watching. Yeah, they're just watching, they're the, watching Kobe the Kobe show, show for a few years, and, you know, so he can do a swan song, and now he's done it. He went home, and he left the ball, thankfully. And now they can play. <laughs> I don't think he had a choice. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And now the team is playing, and they look good. And they look good against other premium teams. 
It's not like that, you know, it's not like they're looking good against bummy teams. No. Golden State had a problem. <laughs> a major problem. OKC. They got blown out. Right. OKC. You, you're talking about letting those kids go out there and play the game that they and love they to play. they got a nice squad. They have a nice squad. And you see a bunch of guys who really just needed the confidence of playing, of, of being able to <laughs> fail without being scolded. Right. It's a, it's a part of the game. It's part of the game. They just came from college, and then you put them in the NBA, and I know that they like to groom them slow or whatever, some of these guys. But you have some kids over there that you might have hurt their potential growth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make sure to get Kobe shots. Yeah. It's not cool. And now they have a, a full complement of players. I mean, they literally have a squad that if they mix and match with some veterans, that they should be a, a force, you know, for a long time, like the Cubs. Yeah, like the Cubs. We're seeing it in all sports. The, the youth movement, the right? The youth movement is serious. It's and real. They're, they're doing it. Now, on the other side of town, um, which happens to be in the same building, that is not a youth movement but just seems like they recognize the urgency of the situation, the L.A. Clippers look legit. They always look legit for the first half. And what do you think? But last year they got hurt. Last year I actually would have loved to have seen them play Golden State. You're always going to have injuries, though. That's a part yeah, of the game. Yeah, but they had, like, you know, they had their two stars were debilitated. Well, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Nobody loses both stars and still moves on. Yeah, but when they lost Blake Griffin, they still were – they played better when he wasn't playing. I don't believe that but, at all. But the record says that. And then what happened was the record said that, and they said that at one point they were talking about trading him because they were winning without him. When the playoffs came, Blake Griffin was back, and the and the Clippers looked real. <laughs> yeah. And then Blake Griffin tore his quad, trying to nurse or tore his knee up or whatever it was. It was his quad, up, trying to nurse his other injury, and then CP3 broke his ankle or whatever it is that he did. So they, this is yeah, I can't blame that on them. What I will say is is that last night I was down in Staples and they made the Detroit Pistons look like a JV team. Wow, it was a blowout. I mean, forty points or something like that. It was yeah. a waste of time. I, I gave turned the channel. I was, I, yeah, I, was, I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed for him. I don't even want to see it. You're like, oh, come on. Detroit, you're better than that. You got to make I, Detroit I great not. again. <laughs> and, and you know, Detroit was 4-2. and two. Detroit's been looking good. It's obviously early in the basketball season. But at the same time, you know, things are looking good. Things are looking good, but I'm not high on the Clippers. Clippers aren't going anywhere, dude. They're in the, in the thing with San Antonio, OKC, Golden State. That Western division, they don't have a chance, man. Be for real. Keeping it low. Low energy volume is very negative, Nancy. This is the Donald Trump edition of the Ozone. <laughs> I'll take good care of you. Yeah, not deep, low. Uh, oh. <laughs> big big difference. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's early, like you say, and I don't know about them not going anywhere. I think the injuries are going to have a lot to say about a lot of that, to be honest. I did like to see what Steph Curry did by bouncing back, by hitting the 13 threes after getting held over. Nah, he wanted to teach a legal lesson. He taught him a lesson. He taught him a lesson, lesson in, last in, the, night. in the scorebook forever. It, it just remains to be seen whether that experiment is going to work, just like always. You saw that drama that took place, and I have to say, I I commend Matt Barnes for speaking out on it uh, with the with the Pelicans cutting Lance Stevenson after he got hurt. Mm. And Matt Barnes spoke out, and he put out a tweet, and he said, you see how this game is? He goes, for all you fans, when you see us trying to get as much money as we can and switching teams and stuff – Reference this, because Lance Stevenson got hurt trying to make the team better, playing, and instead of trying to nurse him back to health, they cut him. Yeah. And then it, so much so, they caught so much heat behind that that the Pelicans had to put out a statement afterwards. Good. Yeah. Good. I mean, for some reason. Saying they're going to pay for his rehab or something like that. Oh, so nice. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That was a football move that they pulled there. It's It's so 
all of these places are so all these businesses are so corrupt. They're they're a business. You know what I'm saying? And so you can't just think that these guys deserve this. They're getting paid a lot of money, true, but they don't deserve to be thrown away like that. You know, you can't just toss them away. I don't know. I've always felt like when a guy got hurt in the employee of the team, not like a Trevor Bauer that cut his finger on a drone right. at the house with his boy. Right. He Stevenson got hurt during. He got hurt during the game. Yeah, during the game. And what do you want from him? He was giving you. <laughs> he was, I'm giving you all I got. Yeah. That's why I got hurt. I thought that was. I, I really. I thought that was pretty profound. And I have to say, big love to uh, to Matt Barnes because I didn't even know about the situation until he, you know, until he called it out. That's cool, man. They have to stand up for each other, though. And but, they really should. But I think the NBA is probably one of the the more organized teams because the players are like owners. Well, I was about to say they have a profit share, yeah. it, more so than in any other sport. Yeah. This is why these guys get so much money now. Mm-hmm. Before you got Mike Conley getting thirty million a year. Think about that. If if the baseball teams were owner were, were operator owners, if never happen. No, it'll never happen. But if they did, guys would be getting a hundred million dollars a year, <laughs> right? That's how much money is floating around when you broadcast 162 games nationwide. It's a lot of money floating around. It's a lot of money. You just got to grab you some. Pick it out. You grab it. Off the, money, off the money tree. Man. We're off the lending tree. I'm Phil Rizzuto. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing the Rizz back. <laughs> did, speaking of bringing back, side note to wrap it up. Did you see that uh, Mike Pagliarulo is going to uh, – Pags. Uh, Pags, Mike Pagliarulo is gonna. Um, Mike Pagliarulo is gonna take over for Barry Bonds. Nice down in the Marlins, down in Don's Miami. Boy. Don's boys <laughs> there with Don Mattingly, two former Yankee greats. Uh, That's maybe, a great call. Maybe one more than the other, but two former <laughs> great Yankees. Let's call it that. Who are gonna be working together again down in South Florida? It's amazing that Barry Bonds didn't stick. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, is that a testament to his character or what? I wonder. I don't know if I would say that, but it, it seems to be a testament to his inability to get along with the players, because it they like they, they a, said that it was the players that was a big reason. You know, the players were a big reason why that didn't end up happening. Right? It's, he doesn't get along with the coaches, the players, the the writers. He's gonna have a hard time getting in the hall. He's gonna have a hard time getting in the hall. But with all these other guys that are in the hall, who knows? Who knows? Well, folks, it's been a. Uh, truncated edition of the ozone we had a good time we laughed and we cried i gave you a little frank sinatra you got anything else to add icons well, that's it man that was a good, nice little we can give him a little espresso shot during the week and whatnot give him one of those we got a special guest coming in next week folks yeah special guest go ahead and tell them about our special guest was uh the molina John John Molina, right? Boxer. Not John John. John Molina Jr. is coming in. He's going to talk to us about his upcoming fight with Terrence Bud Crawford. He's going to talk to us uh, uh, about what it's like to be under the lights, about to, how it is to make your living as a professional fighter, all of these things. And pretty excited to have him. We're going to have a video version of that for you, too. And just remember, folks, things turn out best for people who make the best out of the way things turn out. I'm Omar Miller, your host. This is The Ozone.